let's recap. In our current series, What Does Love Require of Me? It's important to remember that we actually demonstrate our love for God by loving others. In part one of our series, we addressed the question, what is my calling in life? We concluded that our calling in life is to learn to love God and love others in the context of community. And that fulfilling Jesus's great commandment to love God and to love others would be impossible in isolation. In part two of our series, we addressed the question, do my words really matter? We concluded that yes, our words really do matter because we are required to communicate words of loving kindness, encouragement, praise and gratitude in order to show people they are loved and to make Jesus known to them. And in part three of our series, we addressed the question, why should I serve others? And again, we concluded that we should definitely serve others because Jesus models servant leadership. People will know we love them when we show we love them. And in part four of our series, we addressed the question, why should I give away my time? And we discovered that giving our valuable time to someone else is a loving response to them and encourages togetherness, building trust and love. Today, I will be asking the question, is gift giving necessary? In our passage today, when Jesus is teaching his followers about giving, he says, when you give. Notice he does not say, if you give. He clearly expects that his followers will give to others and for it to be a natural part of their worship to God and response to the needs of others. Almsgiving, giving to the poor, and prayer and fasting were important practices that were integral to the way of life for the religious figures in society. They could be described as the three great pillars of religious life. Giving to the poor, prayer and fasting. And our passage today focuses on almsgiving, which is giving to the poor, giving to others. Jesus challenged the religious authorities, not because he condemned such practices, but because he saw a problem. He saw that the hearts of the people practicing those good works were filled with the wrong motives. Giving alms or giving to the poor was considered one of the most sacred and righteous of activities. Popular belief was that giving to the poor was to gain merit in the sight of God. And it was taken even further than that. It was even believed to win atonement and forgiveness for past sins. And Jesus is confronting that and challenging it. Remember, no amount of giving to God can purchase salvation because salvation is a gift from God that we receive. The monk and the theologian Martin Luther grasped this and he and many others sparked the Reformation because they knew that they could not earn God's salvation but that it was, is a gift freely given by a God who loves us 
Jesus noticed that when the religious authorities gave to the poor, they were motivated by being seen by others. They wanted to bask in the gratitude and praises of the recipients of their generosity. They were living for the praises of others because they drew attention to what they were doing, blowing trumpets and making it known to the community that they were generous, that they were righteous. If they had been solely concerned with serving God in love and pleasing him, they would have not wanted to draw attention to their giving. Unlike the religious authorities, we must glorify God in our giving and not glorify ourselves. Just as there are times to give in secret, there are times we may not be able to escape giving in public. It's not always possible to give without anyone knowing, especially the recipient of our gift. But that's okay. Jesus is addressing the heart. Are we giving because we want our generosity to be seen so that we will be admired? Or do we give because we love God and we desperately want to help others? There are different motives for giving. The great theologian William Barclay highlights a few. The first reason that someone may give is because of a sense of duty. They may give not because they really want to, but because they feel obligated and don't feel they can escape their duty or the need to acquire merit in the sight of God compels them to give. They may give generously, but really they're holding back and they're holding back themselves. And this giving but remaining separate is a giving that feels incomplete, inadequate. Giving out of guilt, we might say. The second reason that someone may give is from the motive of prestige. As we saw with the way the religious elite, they gave in order to receive honor. They wanted to receive the glory for their giving the chances are they may have withdrawn their giving if there were no eyes to see it or publicity to acknowledge it. I wonder if they would even have given at all if they were not frequently thanked, honoured and praised. The individual who is motivated by prestige does not give primarily to help those in need but to gratify their own sense of importance and power. And unfortunately, that's what the religious elite in Jesus' time did. The third reason that someone may give is because they sincerely want to. They have to. They are compelled to give. They give because of the love in their hearts that overflows into kindness. They give because they are unable to do anything else. And they cannot escape their sense of responsibility to others. They see others as Christ sees them in need of love. The love of Jesus compels them to give. And they just can't help themselves. 
And the spirit of Jesus has made them generous. The spirit of Jesus makes us generous people. The Apostle Paul said in his letter to the Corinthian church that Christ became poor so that by his poverty we might become rich. Therefore, we owe everything to Jesus because he has made us truly rich, giving us an inheritance through him. We are free to be generous with all we have. We don't need to hold on to it anymore because we know who we are. We are free to be generous with others. Giving others our money, our time, our service and our kind words is what we're called to do. In Jesus, our giving is the instinctive overflow of our heart a heart that has received his love. And we must give to others because Jesus gave himself to us. And we will remember and celebrate that reality through Holy Communion after this sermon. I was surprised to learn that in the Gospels, apparently Jesus taught more about money and possessions than he did heaven or hell. I've not personally counted, but I've read that the word give is used over 1,500 times. To my surprise, the word give is used more than the words faith, hope, love, and pray. Although I trust my sources, if this is true, why is giving so important? Surely God doesn't need our money or possessions, does he? Does he? I'm reminded by King David in 1 Chronicles. He communicates that God is a generous giver and everything we have is actually a gift from him. There are numerous scriptures that teach us to be generous to others just like God is generous towards us. Do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. God is pleased with our giving, Hebrews tells us. If God is generous with us, we must be generous with others with what we have and what we've been given. When we are generous towards others, we reveal God's heart of generosity towards them. When we're generous, they they experience what God is like, that he is generous. Our giving may be important to meet a specific need, or it may be an expression of our thoughtfulness But most importantly, our giving should be a meaningful expression of our worship to God. Giving is important. Gary Chapman, who I've mentioned in previous weeks, teaches about the love languages and describes the gift of giving as a visual symbol of love. 
It is a tangible object that says, I was thinking about you. And I want you to have this because I care about you. You matter to me. I want to bless you. In his study of anthropology, Gary Chapman noticed that gift giving is a universal expression of love communicated across nations, cultures, tribes, and communities. It's a universal language of love. We all love to receive a gift, don't we? I do. Especially a gift that has been thoughtfully considered and sourced to communicate the love behind that gift. You'll know if you were here on Christmas Day, a family member, two family members, gave me a coffee machine. And I felt extremely loved by them. Not that that gift was any more expensive than any other gifts they had given to other family members, but because they knew me, they knew I loved coffee. And they bought me a coffee machine. They'd thought about my interests in coffee and they'd met my need for coffee. <laughs> it's powerful, it's powerful. The gifts we give do not have to be expensive, but they do need to be thoughtful and considerate. Our children give us gifts like flowers picked from the garden. They cost nothing, but they mean everything to us. Rick Warren describes three components to giving. Giving is gratitude for the past. Giving expresses our priorities in the present. And giving demonstrates trust in God with our future. Firstly, giving expresses gratitude to God for the past. When we choose to be generous with others, we are giving back to God and expressing our appreciation for his generosity towards us and for all the ways that he's blessed us in the past. Essentially, we're saying to God, we're grateful for all that you have given to us and we love you. That is why we should never be pressurized to give. Never be pressurized to give. Our giving must flow from our gratitude and be motivated by it. The Apostle Paul teaches us to determine in our heart what to give and not to give reluctantly or under compulsion but to give cheerfully furthermore thanks and giving go together thanks and giving go together and a few verses later 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 7 Paul says that your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God the more we give, the more I think we will want to give. That's interesting, isn't it? Secondly, our giving expresses our priorities in the present. Rick Warren argues that we can discover what people value by looking at their calendar and by looking at their bank statements. We can discover where, where people spend their time. 
by looking at their calendar. And we can discover where people spend their money by looking at their bank statements. Again, Paul teaches that the sincerity of our love can be tested by our giving. Can you see how our giving demonstrates our love? When we tithe, as we did today, we demonstrate that our giving to God is important and we've made it a priority. Our giving is the evidence that God holds first place in our hearts. Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If we freely give generously to others, our heart is towards them and towards God. Giving away our money or material possessions is a byproduct of our hearts that are wholeheartedly devoted to God. Our giving expresses what is important to us. It's a way we communicate what we love and do we love others enough to give to them a thoughtful gift? I mention tithing not because I'm concerned by a deficiency in the generosity of our church family. That's not the case. I don't know who gives what on a weekly basis, but I do help count the tithe. And I do know that you faithfully demonstrate your generosity on a weekly basis. Hopefully this message is encouraging us to continue our giving because we're loved. The offertory should not be perceived as a low point of the service. It is not a part of the service to be tolerated. It should never be ignored or resented. It is actually a significant part of our worship, expressing our trust and love for God and love for others. Giving is worship. Thirdly, my giving expresses my faith in God and trust in him for the future. The book of Malachi contains one of the greatest encouragements to give I've ever heard. After challenging Israel to not withhold their gifts, God said through the prophet Malachi, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple if you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test, says the Lord. I want the Lord's blessing on my life, don't you? Let's practice generosity. In this scripture, God is challenging his people to trust in him with their lives and with their possessions. And he's also challenging you and me to put our trust in him to take care of us. If we do that, he will not let us down. That is his promise to us. Can you see how our giving demonstrates our faith in God's love for us? 
if if gift giving is necessary, then what does love require of me? It's clear from Jesus' teaching and clear throughout Scripture that God expects us to give to him. And this is largely applied through giving to others. There may be specific causes that God wants you to give to. But it's not that God requires your money and possessions. What matters to God, what he definitely does want, is your heart. God wants us to be actively thinking about how we might bless other people. He wants us to be generous with what we have. He wants us to show generosity to others. Because he wants them to know his love. His spirit of generosity towards them. So when we give a gift to somebody, don't forget, that we're giving that gift in the name of Jesus and in his love for them. And that to God is a pleasing sacrifice. Jesus challenged the religious elite because he felt in their giving they were really only thinking about themselves and what they got from it. God has called us to be generous with what we have whatever that is. When we give a gift to someone, it communicates that we've been thinking about them, that they matter to us, because we've taken the time to source or prepare that gift, especially for them. Giving our gift communicates love. When we share Holy Communion shortly, we remember the greatest gift that God has given to you and to me, And that's the sacrifice Jesus made on the cross in order to rescue us. Jesus said, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends, he says. Is gift giving necessary? We ask. In Jesus, we have received the generous love of God and the gift of eternal life. So yes, gift giving is necessary. Let's be generous with the way we live our lives to the glory of God who loves us. Amen. I'll lead us in a prayer of response. Lord Jesus, thank you for the ultimate gift of yourself and your call on our lives to be your disciples. Thank you that you've called each one of us to belong to your family, to belong to your house. Help us to choose you with the way we live our lives and to be generous with what we have. Amen.